You think you get stupid questions? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. Welcome to uh, Stupid Questions with Jason Harvey uh, on the Earhole Media Network. We have a, a great guest here today, um, so thank you for listening. I'm going to just get right into it. We have a good friend of mine, Christy Sorensen. Hello. Hi, Christy. A few, like a year ago, a little over a year ago probably, um, you were diagnosed, or you found out that you had cancer. Um, it was actually August, uh, August 20th, 2014. So coming Next. up, yeah, wow. <laughs> and so that's what we're going to talk about today because uh, it's honestly one of my biggest fears, if not my biggest fear, would be cancer. Uh, it scares the shit out of me. And so uh, we'll just talk, let's just jump right in. So la- about last year, so what happened? How did you find out? Yeah, how where did you, started, yeah, where did okay. it start? So, um, I, I think it was right around August. Like I was doing everything normally. Um, summer was great. I went on a lot of trips and (laughs) (laughs) so I went on a lot of trips and I was like hiking and everything was fine. My diet was as healthy as possible. And then just one day I started getting swelling in my throat and I kind of was doing some research and it was in the thyroid area. And it's like lower down your throat. Yeah. And it was in the shape of like a V is where it started. And so from there, I just kind of was like food allergies or strep throat, just, you know, simple everyday things that you would normally think. And uh, so I don't know, the swelling just got worse progressively. And then within two weeks, my windpipe was starting to close and I could feel breathing heavier Uh, pressure headaches it kind of felt like oxygen cut off from my brain and that's when I knew like okay maybe this is something a little more serious so I went to a doctor and they didn't know what it was Um, they did strep tests uh, blood tests everything was fine and then I went to another doctor who prescribed a steroid swelling went down and then um, a week later it came back and it came back fast my eyes were puffy my biceps were swollen like like big like I probably had gained about 10 pounds within two weeks 10 pounds of just being swollen swollen. Mm -hmm. and then I went into the ER I checked myself into the ER and I it took so long for me to do this because I don't have insurance yeah so I went into the ER and they did a scan um from my head down to like my chin because they was they were thinking it was like a, a tooth maybe had been impacted or something and it was causing drainage or something. I don't know. Oh wow! So they did a scan and said that they saw a mass at the very bottom of it and that they would have to do another one because it was lower than what they had thought. Yeah. So they did a scan and then me and my dad were just sitting in the ER. Everything was fine and then this doctor comes in and he just sits down and he's like, "I'm going to be honest. Like, it's cancer. I know it." And he was like, we found a six centimeter mass on your heart and it's closing off your windpipe and it is growing rapidly by the size. You can just tell that it's aggressive. And so just like there, it was, I don't believe you kind of a thing, you know? 
and my dad was crying and I was like comforting him like it's gonna be okay I don't know why you're <laughs> yeah so why are upset. you so upset yeah. about this and this so, doctor doesn't know what he's even yeah, talking exactly. about I was like I don't I don't know why you're upset we're definitely okay. getting a second and third opinion <laughs> like I'm just like all right so can we go home now like okay but they instantly checked me into the hospital right then and there and I worked the next day. So I was like, well, am I going to be ready for work? And they're like, I don't think you understand. We have to do surgery. And so within two days, I was in surgery. And it, they expected to take 45 minutes at most. And they were just going to do a slit across the bottom of my throat to do a camera scope. And then try to get like a sample of the tumor so they could figure out what, what? it was. Yeah. And so they're like, it'll take 45 minutes. And then... Next thing you know, I'm in there for seven hours and they had to do a sternectomy where they drill into your ribcage and pry open to get to the tumor. And they couldn't remove it because it was it had uh, grown around like my aorta and my windpipe and was starting to go around my heart. And so they couldn't take it out. And so they just got a sample, closed my ribcage shut and... I wake up and they had to put a breathing tube in because it, it had grown. So my esophagus was trying to close and they put a breathing tube in. And I just remember waking up feeling like I was drowning. Like that's the only thing that I could really process because they had me like so drugged up. And like in, in the hospital, I just remember them giving me morphine, but I didn't really feel pain but I just remember hearing a ton of voices and just crazy stuff like that and trying to talk and trying to eat. And I, I know just like that was a moment in my life. That was one of the moments throughout this whole thing where I was like, I, f I feel like this is it. Um, but it wasn't. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's so, good that it is. <laughs> so um, I don't think I've ever really told this full story. So. I'm sorry if I do get a little oh, no. well, that, emotional. No, that's fine if you do. Okay, so. cool. So, yeah, and then, I mean, the breathing tube was the hardest part, I think, after that. It was just being sick. So that was definitely the hardest part. And then they took it out, and um, I was in the hospital, and I had to wait for the pathology reports, which takes, like, four days. So, and, and is that what they're – so they're sending away this – Mass. bit of this massive yeah. cancer that they've cut out mm -hmm. and they're now sending it to someone else saying to a lab find yeah. out what this like tell us what this is exactly basically okay exactly so the first thing i was diagnosed with was vena cava syndrome which is like blockage in your middle uh, of your chest and it backs everything up so you get really swollen and um they only see this really in men who are 60 and up and so that's why it took them a while to figure out that there was a mass there. And then they did the scans and everything. And then so I was diagnosed with that. And then the reports came back and it was mediastinal rapid large B cell lymphoma non-Hodgkins. And so do they have do they actually have like a shorter <laughs> name for that or no, no, really? Because, and like it's it's really hard for me to explain, but um. So each part of that means something different. Yeah. So uh, mediastinal, I, th I believe, is the size of it. And then rapid is how, you know, it's how fast, it's, yeah, how yeah. fast it's growing. And then B cell is just like the type of cells that are causing the cancer. And so all of that tells you how to diagnose it and treat it and treat as best it. Okay. you can. 
So I, I uh, did six rounds of chemo at three week intervals and it was R-CHOP and that's just the chemicals. It's like rituxin and a few other ones that are really <laughs> hard to pronounce. But um, yeah, so I mean, the I was in the hospital and on the second to last day I did a round of chemo and um, I had gained 50 pounds by this time. How long were you in the hospital? So from, because they... So they take this sample and mm-hmm. they they send it away, mm-hmm. and then are you still in the hospital waiting yeah, to waiting. get back? Because if they I had keep, gone because, home, oh, I would have, have. Yeah, yeah. So I was still swelling. So uh, I'm sorry. I it's really hard to remember everything because yeah. a lot has happened. But um, I did do three rounds of radiation, emergency radiation, to stop the swelling from closing off my esophagus immediately. Immediately while in the hospital. So the day after surgery is when I started radiation and I would do it. I did that for three days. And so what exactly, what is radiation? I know my grandpa, <laughs> like I know my grandpa had, had radiation treatment, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I was so young then that I just, I didn't know what it was at all. Yeah. But so they take you into a giant metal safe is the best way to describe it because the door comes like out and, and you sh- can see the locks in it. So it's like a super secure room. So it's like a giant safe and they wheel you in and it's like a, an x-ray arm, like an x-ray machine comes out and they kind of like push you under it and then they target where the tumor is at and then they all leave the room and shut the metal doors and you can hear it like locking behind you and then the and then the machine just turns on and it like rotates around your body underneath and then it comes back and goes back in the same position and then it stops but you don't hear anything you don't feel anything it's like an x-ray i guess yeah, is the best way to describe feel. it that's, yeah that's and just... that's it but um what it really does is it ionizes your fast growing cells which means pretty much it burns your mucus your fingernails your hair and fast growing cells like tumors so that's what radiation does so people who do radiation a lot and i'm really thankful i didn't have to they get their internal organs are burned their esophagus is burnt they can lose their hair their fingernails turn black sometimes so i mean it's some serious shit because you don't see it in each organ can take so much radiation before it fails and they have to measure it in grays and you get so many grays and that's your treatment and so the heart can take 33 and i had i think it was like 11 wow grays so yeah if that explains anything yeah. <laughs> that stopped the tumor from proceeding to grow <laughs> so then uh, chemotherapy was their next choice and they were just waiting to figure out what chemical cocktail to do um, but yeah. So with every every because there's several different types of cancer, mm-hmm. and so with every different type of cancer, there's a different they type call it of a chemo. Cocktail, yeah, yeah, a cocktail of uh-huh. chemo. Then yeah. So something to wow. So, I see. I had yeah, no idea about. It's any so of this. interesting how yeah. it, how it really works. But um yeah. So they put me on RCHOP, and then I did the first round in the hospital, and then uh, two days later, they're like, "You can go home now. That's it." Just, you know, check in with your doctor in a week and go over what you need to do. And you have to just keep coming back for your your chemo. And we do a scan on your fourth treatment to see where you're at. And then we go from there. But, you know, that's that's it. You can go home. I had lost or I had gained 50 pounds 
in the hospital from all of the swelling. So, I mean, I, my eyes were chubby, like (laughs) it was so crazy. And then they were just sending me home and I was like, I can't take care of myself. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I couldn't move. I couldn't bend. My chest had been cut open. I was stiff. I was bloody. I had like a port installed under my skin for the chemo treatments. You're like a giant push pin and they just stuff it in and... And, and then they just hook you in whenever mm-hmm, you go in. They mm-hmm. just plug it right into yep. there. And so do you have, like, you just have something that you, you seal uh-huh. it up? Like, And I had it removed. As, as weird as it sounds, but, like, I, I don't know how else to describe it. So they have this tube that they hook into you for chemo. And then when they take it out, is it, like, you know, when you, like, an inflatable beach ball where you have that thing to plug up the hole? Is it something like that to, to like, I mean, more, uh, obviously more medically secure well, <laughs> than yeah. that. But, I mean, because I, I can't imagine, like, I just. It's, I don't know. Yeah, and like a lot of people who do cancer treatments, like nobody understands, you know, like your veins can only be poked so many times before they collapse. collapse. And so you're doing treatments and you're getting six hours worth of chemicals going into your veins. So they install this little like port into your chest area and um, kind of like by your armpit, but over. But uh, it's this like circular (laughs) capsule with a rubber top and then that has like a little tube and they insert that into your vein so they install it under your skin and they put the tube into the vein and then they kind of like secure it into the muscle and then they sew your skin up and so every time you get uh, like labs done where they draw blood or do chemotherapy for infusions and stuff, they just take their IV and needle poke it through your skin into that rubber capsule. And then and it's like they'll do a draw pin. blood. Yeah. And they'll draw blood that way. They can draw blood because it's right into your, your, your vein. vein. Your, yeah. And so they, so they can draw blood and they can do chemo through it. So that's what's that's why they do ports is because it's, then they don't, they don't trash have to your keep, veins. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had a port and then... I did my first round of chemo through it, and then two days before I'm supposed to do my second round, the little incision that they had like hot glued shut where they had put the port in opened up, and I had a hole that was infected, and it went all the way down to where the port was. And so they had to immediately remove it, and I had a hole about the size of a quarter that was open and they would stuff gauze deep down into it to absorb the, the infection. infection. And then they would just put a pad over it and gauze it shut. And I had that for like three months trying to heal it. So th- they would just, how long did were they, how often were they changing? <laughs> or did you have it to was, change it? It was every other day I went into the hospital and they would take gauze out and put gauze in up until it like finally closed shut. But they had to keep gauze in it so infection wouldn't get into it. And so I did all my, four, I did five rounds of chemo through my veins. <laughs> just through an arm. Like yeah. Just through my like arms you because were donating my blood. Just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and my chemo was six hours. It took all day to do. And I mean. And so how many times, how many, <laughs> how many times did you have to go to get chemo? Um, it was every three weeks for, so I got out of the hospital and then three weeks from there, I just kept going back three weeks, three weeks. Up until December, the end of December. So, um, and then I went home and as I was leaving, like they're telling me instructions on what to do. And I had to put shots into my stomach twice a day for a blood thinner. And that was for a month. And then they finally moved me to a pill. 
And um, then just have you, you had never probably given yourself a shot oh, ever before, gosh. right? My grandma and my boyfriend had to do it for me for the first like week because I couldn't do it. No, I. <laughs> oh my god! I don't <laughs> like needles and like me putting them anywhere into me. No, yeah. not for me. If someone else <laughs> is doing it, I'm way. I'm not. I'm not scared of needles. I'm scared of my own like. Yeah. Like dumb, like fumbly hands, like. Whoa. <laughs> and and like they they cause bruising and you can't do it on so every day you know you just move from one side of your body and go across 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 to the other side and then start over so it can heal as you're doing it yeah so it was every day you had twice twice a day day. every 12 hours pretty much i was doing it and it was terrible (laughs) i'm sure people have done it it's the lovenox shot and it was uh just super bad (laughs) but and then my hair started falling out and I think that's when it really hit me that I had done chemo. Um, Like I just woke up one morning and my pillow was covered in hair. And I was thinking it was like my dog's hair or my cat's hair, even though it's not the same color. I just didn't want to believe that it was mine. But um, so I like went to the bathroom and I just like remember just barely touching the end of my hair and just lightly pulling and just a chunk came out. Just nothing. Just fell right out just totally gone (laughs) and like i remember telling my boyfriend i was like my hair is falling out and he didn't believe me so he grabbed a chunk and pulled and it just all came out and he started freaking out like it was just like holy like that's yeah so how how many how long into taking chemo i it was probably right before i was about to do my second round that your hair so first round Mm -hmm. did it Mm -hmm. gone so you are in the hospital, you're treated with radiation, they do a th- uh, one treatment of chemo, mm-hmm. and then they send you home to like give yourself a bunch of these shots and just say, check in yep. every week. <laughs> yep. And, uh, wow. And so, like, I just remember staying in my room the whole time because I was bald and I was just like, now what do I do? Like, I felt like crap. I slept at least 15 hours a day. I never ate. There was like the nausea was the most incredible thing that I have ever felt. (laughs) Like you would think about something that you really wanted to eat like toast. Yeah. And I just would sit there and think about it like, oh my God, buttery toast. That Mm. sounds so great. I would love to eat that right now. Oh my God, butter. Oh my God, that smells so gross. Oh, oh no, that's, that's really gross. That's, and then I would throw up. (laughs) Just just, uh, just like, like that. Anything I thought of, that was it. And I hadn't eaten, so it was just stomach vile. That's all it was. There was nothing coming out. So I lost. You, and you, so you just, there, you, you know. don't have an appetite whatsoever. Well, and it's like you want to eat. The want is there because you want to eat, but you literally can't. You can't physically, physically, you can't, you can't get anything done. And I was so tired, I couldn't even stand up to get to the kitchen to even try to find something to eat, even if I wanted it, you know? And so, I mean, I just stayed in bed, like, the whole time through chemo. I just stayed in bed. Um, Severe headaches, light sensitivity, acidic food would burn my tongue, like, my skin was sensitive. If you itch something for a long period of time, you'd start bleeding, uh, you would get cut and it wouldn't stop, you know, like you don't heal. 
Um, I couldn't go to Walmart. They said if I went to Walmart that I would get so sick that I could possibly die just from how many germs are there and how sensitive I was. What? So that's that's so fucking crazy. That's like, the fucking craziest thing I've like heard about cancer. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause like everything up to that point sounds pretty normal, mm-hmm. and then they go. Don't go to Walmart. <laughs> yeah. That place is a goddamn germ hole. And you will die. You will die. You yeah, will die if exactly. you go to Walmart. And that's when I learned like cancer may be terrifying and scary and it really is. But chemotherapy is higher because that's what kills people. Yeah. Cancer doesn't. Chemo does. And so yeah. that's that's really where um, it plays into the rest of your life is because chemo can shut down organs at a younger age your brain is never the same your personality changes it just eats your insides and you're never the same and so it's put into your bloodstream Mm -hmm. and so it just courses through your entire body it does the whole thing but it it stays where the tumor is like it'll circulate and find the tumor because that's what it attacks is the fast growing cells but at the same time it's attacking so it does the same thing it's doing the same thing that the radiation does but instead of it being like them just beaming radiation Mm -hmm. at you it's they're putting it in yeah they're poisoning your body yeah they're trying to kill kill your faster than killing your body yeah that's that's the best way to describe it and so um i lost 60 pounds and then my hair fell out (laughs) um my vision got worse my cavities got worse i don't know how to even explain it like everything was more sensitive yeah and um yeah (laughs) so done with that and um my fourth round i did a ct scan and they said everything was clear and that there's no sign of any tumor growth or anything to be like worried about so all i pretty much do now is i just go in for checkups and the first two years you have the highest chance of it relapsing relapsing okay and so that's basically your life is you're going to always be fighting cancer. Cancer. It's not it can cured. yeah, it can always it can come back at any Anytime. point. And it could be a different cancer because chemo attacks white blood cells as well, yeah. which can cause le- it can cause leukemia. <laughs> so cancer so, treating with chemo can cause a different cancer. <laughs> it, which they do they treat leukemia with chemo just a different kind of do you i mean do you i don't I know have, if you know I this have because no idea. yeah yeah but i mean they said if i relapse with lymphoma that they can't do cancer treatments like radiation or chemotherapy because my body is now like resilient to that because it obviously didn't work yeah so they go for bone marrow now so what is that? What, um, I mean, do you know? Did they, they explain that into, to you? They drill into your bone to get to the marrow, and they do a bone marrow transplant to try to change the way your white blood cells create blood. And so that's where it gets more scary is because I feel like that is now your last option besides like herbal remedies yeah. and stuff like that. I have a good friend of mine that just was, he was recently diagnosed with cancer, and that's what he's been doing is all... 
herbal. All herbal. That is and absolutely it amazing. It scares the shit out of me. It scares the shit out of yeah. me. And I'm so like, I'm happy for him. Like, because, I mean, he has been, I mean, he's been super strict on this vegan diet. Mm-hmm. He's been, uh, just really been paying attention to like different herbal treatments but i mean he researched it he went into the hospital first and then he decided no that's not what i'm going to do and see i totally envy people who can do that and i feel like kind of like i never had the opportunity because i almost would have tried it if i had known what chemotherapy was like but since my esophagus was shut and i had no power of attorney no paperwork filled out as to what to do with me yeah it was never a choice that i had you just we have to do this they just did it and if i had time to think about it and truly understand what my body was doing and what things could possibly change it i would have done an herbal way if i could have (laughs) because now now that i see the after effects of chemo I honestly like don't think that was worth it. <laughs> yeah. I now have a higher risk of getting breast cancer, esophageal cancer, lymphoma, relapse, uh, leukemia. <laughs> brain function is definitely not the same. Like pregnancy brain, you know, is the thing. Yeah. Uh, chemo brain is similar where you can only think of one thing at a time. Your short term is basically gone. Like it's really and does it hard come back? to think. It does, and it does it come back? I or have, um, have I've you... read a lot of forums uh, with people who talk about it, and some say twelve years later they still experience it, and some say that it has come back full. So, so it's kind of it depends on the person, and I guess the chemo. So, <laughs> wow. yeah. So I mean, it's crazy, but it definitely gives you a different insight to life. That is amazing that a lot of people don't get a chance to see yeah so at the same time i am extremely grateful that i can now appreciate everything for what it is so (laughs) in hindsight you you just are more appreciate do you think you have a better outlook on life now or like or what i mean as far as what has it changed like as far as like i mean has it changed life goals or anything like that definitely um i mean it really shows you who people are and i prefer long meaningful conversations than a night at a bar yeah absolutely and like i just don't feel a connection in a lot of things that i used to so it is kind of depressing a little bit because i was forced to like move away from a lot of my friends but at the same time they support me but it's just like i don't see them anymore so i've kind of just now rebuilt myself and i'm trying to just form a new life and i'm just doing everything new again basically so but i mean i am very humbled with everything that comes my way and self-confidence is fantastic i mean once you go bald like what else (laughs) like what else do you have so i don't know i'm actually pretty grateful for everything that happened and that i'm here today yeah so i am very grateful that that you're here today yeah i met you through uh doing comedy because you've been friends with uh natasha for quite a while yes she's and amazing. uh you've you've always been like a huge supporter and we've always appreciated that and uh it was always just great to look out and see see you and your uh boyfriend in the crowd laughing it was just fun <laughs> like you guys were always great and so i remember hearing about when you were diagnosed with cancer and mm-hmm. it was 
it was really sad. Like I, I don't know how to explain it other than it was just like, that's fucking bullshit. Like I, it was pissed me off because how old are you? <laughs> I am twenty four. Twenty four. So were you twenty three when you were? No, uh, my birthday is July thirtieth. So. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, it was coming up right in between. <laughs> little over a month. Yeah. Well, happy birthday in a little over a month. <laughs> yeah. I will wish you a happy, happy birthday. Remission. Yeah, happy. I will ha- wish you a happy birthday on your birthday. But uh, <laughs> thank you uh, so much for coming on and 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 talking about this. Yeah. Uh, I um, really I don't know much about it, and it's something that scares the shit out of me. And so I truly appreciate you coming in. Uh, and talking about it because yeah. I, it's yeah I, I really hope that it was comprehensible in hindsight yeah. <laughs> yes no i think yeah it was you definitely okay so, very good well thank, thank you yeah thank you so much for coming uh coming on the podcast and hey thanks so much for listening guys uh this has been stupid questions with jason harvey on the earhole media network thank you